0: Us
1: when you we shall put us down,
0: come and remember the magic.
2: What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome to 90s Disney, your podcast about everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, joined by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Hello. And Chris Minotti. Hey,
1: howdy, hey. I, I feel like I should have said, what's this? There's something what's, what's some pithy reference to the episode. <laughs> There's <laughs> color Christian, everywhere. reference, which isn't right at all. I just like saying you know, that. Good enough. Yeah, he's been saying well, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing a now, month. AJ. All right. It's the
3: first thing that comes that comes to my head, so it is what <laughs> it said.
2: Well, we're not talking about Toy Story this month. To kick off the Christmas spirit, we are talking about the Nightmare Before Christmas, but, which could be a little confusing
3: because I don't know if more people tend to think of this as a Halloween movie or Christmas movie or what. But, uh-huh. but uh, I, may- I consider maybe it the we'll range. get into that later. Just that that nice range, yes.
2: So, uh, this is one of Chris's, like, favorite things ever. So, uh, definitely, yeah, back in heard the day it episode.
3: definitely was. S- slowed so, down uh, in, in my 20s and 30s here, but, oh yeah, big time back in the day. So, Chris, paint a picture of what
2: happened when Nightmare Before Christmas came to the world.
3: I will do my best. Well, the movie itself had its wide release on October 29th, 1993, and us, um, Ohio... Ohioans that we are, one a big date that happened in October was October 3rd of this year. The Indians played their final game at Cleveland Municipal Stadium, but they lost to the
1: Chicago White Sox four to zero. Yeah, they're they're still Sounds quite bad right. at this point, right? They got good. So, like, no, they were good. I mean, they were good the next year. Yeah, well, they were getting good, but yeah, I don't remember I mean, Municipal Stadium at all. You, we we, we never went. Our my first baseball two. game was in 1994, and I was you 10, had man. to have gone at least once. There's no way they didn't take you at all. You would no. You been like, I, my first baseball game was at the Field. Seven or eight for your first baseball game. There's I was like ten. Grandpa would have allowed a ten. I what find it, it hard because our
2: dad didn't care about baseball man, all this, like at all. It's still awesome. a good hour
1: away, so we <laughs> weren't going like, to go there just on a random. You yeah, know, so I remember going to Jacobs Field all the time when it was relatively, and then the Indians got very good, so it was really exciting. But, yeah. Right, it's all because of the Jake. That's why they got good. <laughs> That's right. Um, October sixth, three days
3: after the the Indians, there, Michael Jordan announces his first retirement from the NBA, <laughs> but of course he ends up returning as is history. Uh, March of nineteen ninety five, and they end up winning three more NBA titles, which is hilarious to me. I, it was all I think tired, he's a
2: good man. basketballer.
1: Yeah. It's all just to set up the plot for Space Jam. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, they need I mean, that interlude. Is it? I wonder if he kicks himself now because, like, you know, all these all-time stats, he just like lost out on like a year or two of it for no Right. Yeah.
3: yeah. Sure. So the number one movie at this time was Demolition Man. Oh, baby! And what a movie! Yeah, I've, I've never been, seen it.
1: Really? I've oh, seen oh, it. Seen and, I don't think I've seen it wor- since
3: the '90s.
1: It's <laughs> worth checking
3: out. Yeah, it's fun. Now this I definitely know because uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite we artists. Know. <laughs> uh, number one song, I Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that by Meatloaf. And I was on a huge, uh, huge Meatloaf you, kick you there. Were, for, you were, you did a have years. a big
2: Meatloaf face for a I was while. even getting
3: like the albums that weren't bad out of hell and like Teddy and stuff, and yeah, they're definitely not as good. I was telling myself <laughs> they were.
1: I was at a WWE show where uh, Meatloaf was there and he got an RKO from Randy Orton. Oh, poor guy. Out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere i've seen him live twice and
3: i thought for sure he was gonna have a heart attack singing this song (laughs) both times (laughs) in fact a little trivia on his latest well maybe not latest his live album from maybe 10 years ago uh one of the songs is from the recording in youngstown oh oh. cool two out of three ain't bad i know that so there you go anyway so that's october 1993 now, for the exciting part of what was going on during that time and years before it, uh, so we begin with the development of this movie, and everybody knows the name Tim Burton. He uh, he, he was working <clears throat> at Disney at the time as an animator for Walt Disney Feature Animation, and uh, he worked on... I, the three biggest films that I found were Fox and the Hound, Tron, and Black Cauldron. And it was really just minor, like... Like, background work and character design. You know, nothing too crazy. Black College um, seems like the one... Black Cauldron even... kind of makes sense, too. Yeah.
1: We have to watch that someday.
2: It's just funny to th- think of, uh, you know, world-renowned director of film, Tim Burton, just, like, drawing the random background stuff and foxing that and oh, There's
3: that great... Um... Was it uh, forgetting Sleeping waking, Beauty waking or sleeping Waking Beauty. Sleeping Beauty? Like that shot of like somebody filming Tim. and He just looks like he's completely out of his mind. Right. He's he looks just... like Tim
1: Burton still. He just he's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he seems like, unap- yeah he seems unapproachable. Is the word <laughs> <I would laughs> that's
3: pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so so in between his uh, time working there, um, working on these films, he wrote a three-page poem called "The Nightmare Before Christmas," and this was way back in 1982. When he wrote this, Um, if you read the poem now and they've done some things, you know, nowadays where it's like the spruced up version that you could watch on YouTube, whatever, that's animated. But uh, it's very reminiscent to like the classics like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, you know, all those old Christmas uh, stories. And that was his original intention was to was to kind of conceive this as like a, a classic television or, you know, in his mind, a classic television special. That he want to get out there, and, and really, just like Jack and Zero alone, you can see the parallels for sure with How to Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's like Grinch the and max, though. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yep. Except he wants to save Christmas and not, or create Christmas, I guess, and not steal it. Instead of steal it. Yep. So Disney debated on, you know, develop. You know, they saw this, they liked it, but you know, thought it was too weird, of course, because you saw <laughs> the original drawings. They are definitely a little strange, <clears throat> but um. So he worked there for a few years at Disney. Eventually, they decided that they decided to, to fire him to let him go, and really, it's just because, like the, you know, his imagery it just wasn't really you know Disney friendly. It wasn't part of the Disney image and brand at the time, especially during the you know the late mid '80s when they're trying to even figure that out for themselves. You know, this right. is all before the Renaissance so so they're still working on getting their their disney brand down as well. Right. And they're losing
1: a lot of town at this time. I mean, they're going to lose uh, you know Lasseter to Pixar and, and stuff like that and it it takes a bit for like that kind of next generation to really get going. Yep, yep. So so he did while he was at Disney, he did the short
3: Frankenweenie, uh, which is a, a movie. Yeah, yeah, they did a movie um well, a few years ago, uh, yeah, of that they brought it up. It's probably longer
1: than I remember. But yeah, that's right. They did finally actually make like an, a movie version of it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, didn't so, see so. it.
3: So they did he did the short, and that was when Disney was like, Okay, you you know, goodbye, you're done. <laughs> yeah. But you know, <laughs> don't boohoo too long for Tim Burton, because he went on to do pretty good things. He uh, he had his first directorial debut for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And Paul Rubens, the guy who plays Pee-Wee, he saw Franklin Weenie and really, you know, liked what he saw and wanted to just be involved with Tim Burton. So this is how they kind of began, you know, their working relationship. Uh, after that, he went on to do Beetlejuice, which is still, you know, Halloween classic to this day. Yeah. And followed up by Batman. So, you know, three pretty big movies. Yeah. Just a span of a couple years there.
1: Yeah, right. In a few years, he went from from Frankenweenie and fired to Disney to Batman. <laughs> yeah, right. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. That's what, five years. Batman was 89, right? That's
3: right, yeah. So, yeah, so all geez, the '80s a, there. That's crazy. It, it is for sure, especially not really having you know a, a director kind of you know not qualities but experience before that. Man, so, not out of time. Yep. So <clears throat> the uh, well, Tim Burton he was a fan of the band Oingo Boingo, and uh, you know many people now know that this was the band that Danny Elfman was the headliner or the head you know guy for uh he asked he asked him to score uh pretty much the films that any film that he was directing at the time you know those three uh so they started forming their long lasting working relationship there which you know danny elfman becomes oh, a yeah. huge point huge uh crux to to a night before christmas yeah, there's
1: a, there's a podcast that aj and i like called the soundtrack show and he's done a great episode he does he's done episodes on both uh Danny Elfman and specifically Nightmare Before Christmas, I think. Uh, oh yeah, those yeah, are, those are really those are the only thing.
3: ones I I listened to. That That's podcast. right, yeah, they're fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll be referencing that podcast a lot today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, if you ever like like the, like Oingo Boingo, uh, is like this. It's a weird band. It's like, especially like the earlier version of it is like this kind of like performance circus. Troupe what, yeah, of what was the, band? the full
2: name? The Mystic Knights of the Oingo yeah, Boingo. Yeah, yeah, something had,
1: like crazy. Yeah, it's not, yeah, something weird. It got a bit more like as i got as i later on it became a bit more not <laughs> relatively normal i guess but you can even still it's Danny Elfman singing so it sounds like jack's going it's, yeah. it's incredible well they
2: did uh you know people don't realize it but the the song that everyone knows weird science yeah it's weird science <laughs> from the movie weird
3: science yeah it's definitely good and you know worth checking out for sure <clears throat> so so what do you know you, you become a successful director and uh you know, Disney comes knocking. They like you again. <laughs> hey, <laughs> all of a sudden. hey, you got anything of yours while you worked here that uh, maybe that we, we can own use. the rights to? That. <laughs> <laughs> that you
1: feel attached to emotionally?
3: <laughs> so sure enough, they did, and Jeffrey Katzenberger himself, you know, wanted reached out to Burton, wanted to work with him. Uh, so they saw this opportunity to, but for Jeffrey, he just kind of wanted to continue like this technical and the storytelling achievements that they've been achieving. With uh, with something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, to that, them that to them was such a huge, you know, push forward to where they wanted to go. So they were looking for something else to kind of fill that void as well. And this poem that they that they had named before Christmas was, you know, their hope for that. So they still owned the film rights to it, and they wanted to work with Burton to you know to get something out. And at the time when Tim Burton worked in Disney, uh, another animator there was Henry Selleck, who uh, was an early collaborator with Burton, and they became friends, and Burton ended up asking him to direct this movie that they're going to be creating for The Nightmare for Christmas. <clears throat> so they were animators together together during the 80s, and um, Burton would love to have you know, been involved more, but of course he had other commitments, being this big director now. He had Batman Batman Returns to work on, as well as, uh, I think, Ed Wood was in pre-production at the time. So he was definitely a busy guy.
1: Man, ba- Batman Returns is the first movie I remember seeing ads for as a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah? I remember <laughs> yeah, being in Mom's room. Yeah, what year would that have been? Nineteen like, what, ninety-one, like, 90, Yeah, something like that. I remember being, or 90 even. I was. I remember being a kid in Mom's room, and there was, like, an ad for Batman Returns. And I was like, I know what Batman is. I'm a child. <laughs> yes. yeah, you know? I want to see it's just, that. It's just one of those weird snapshots of a memory that... You remember forever just because for whatever reason, like you have these random like concrete memories like that.
3: So he originally the idea was, you know, to make this this three page poem to a full length film, but not be a musical. Um, He had a guy named Michael McDowell, and he was a uh, screenwriter collaborator on Beetlejuice. Uh, He Tim Burton originally asked him to kind of adapt this to to a full length film and they had some differences on how to approach the story how to further it you know what have you so they decided to uh to make it a musical and that's when he got Danny Elfman involved and uh i mean really Danny Elfman he's he's almost you know the the guy who created the story for the, for this film almost cuz cuz the song is really what what is pushing the story along and kind of giving these characters life so so Tim Burton he you know he worked on the songs with Danny but really Danny Danny did most of the lyrics and everything.
1: Yeah, almost more so than being a Dan- or a, a Tim Burton joint. It's kind of a Danny Elfman joint, really. Yeah, I mean, and
2: it's interesting that like in in a lot of ways. I mean, we had the poem, but really, like the songs did come first, and then the script, bridged the songs together. That's, that's right. right.
1: And I mean, yeah. it. I mean, if you watch it, it really it almost feels like mostly songs right like it's not a sing-through musical but well, it's and, that, and that's where they brought with songs
3: yeah and that's where they brought uh caroline thompson and so they really brought her and she's a screenwriter uh to really just bridge the songs together to kind of fill in these voids without music like you, you know just for a little dialogue that's you know that's done in between
2: it does make you wonder if they ever considered doing it sung through and not just was too difficult for the you know the, the the medium and everything. I don't
1: think that was much. I don't think sunk through musicals are too much of a thing in the early '90s, right? We were in the we're in the Andrew Lloyd Webber era. True, now. true.
3: Maybe a sequel. Although, That's even they as I say do. that,
1: Cats is kind of a sunk through musical. Yeah,
3: a little bit. Yeah, Cats is just weird. <laughs> Cats is weird. <laughs> yeah, so That's so, so they got they had Tim Burton's name all throughout this, but really it was Danny Elfman and, and Henry Selick. You know, they're the big the big driving forces behind this film.
1: Did Henry Selick work with him on, uh, on Vincent as well, which was his, uh, I think he motion. was a, just a collaborator on on like the story. Yeah. Cause Vincent was their little stop motion thing that Tim Burton also made when he was at, at Disney, which was, I, I, I think that and Franklin, were both special features on that really famous DVD version of Nightmare Before Christmas that everybody bought from Hot Topic. Yeah, uh, yep. yes. that's right. What the three D whatever version? No the before Marilyn Manson cover. The before before that, that. Oh, before yeah. that, yeah, because that was two
3: thousand six. Yeah. So, yep. So they have Caroline Thompson. You know, she's in doing the screenplay. Um, so then we get into the production of the film itself. So production began in July nineteen ninety one under a production studio called Skellington Productions. I and I never this. heard of this. I thought this was really neat. So there's there is this old warehouse um, in San Francisco. That was completely unmarked. It was almost, you know, like a secret. Like, you know, the, the, this is where they're producing this film and other stop motion animated films. Um, it was a, it was a joint venture by Disney and Tim Burton. Uh, it kind of in the late '80s, really. I think it was '87 uh, where where they started doing this, and I th- it, I think it was for Vincent initially. <clears throat> they did some work there, uh, but this is also where they produced um, other than Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach. James and Giant Peach and Kablam! Do you remember Kablam?
2: Kablam! I didn't. I I read Kablam like with the capital B in yeah. your
3: notes, and I was like, oh yeah, Kablam! How crazy is that? With, that with blew my uh, mind when I saw this. What was
1: that sketch comedy thing?
3: Oh. oh man, I can't remember.
1: They had the little. There was the, milk, yeah. the guy who melted, and <laughs> yeah. the scuba diver.
3: Yeah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah,
2: so, so yeah, that was Kablam's whole thing. Was like it was like sketch comedy for kids. But it was all kind of weird, different animation mediums. It was all over the place. It was a very weird
3: show. Yeah, it was so strange. I to see some clips from that now.
1: You have the address for this place: three seven five seven Street, San Francisco. I yeah. found this on Google Maps now. Uh-huh. Like, can we just go here?
3: Isn't it just weird? Yeah, isn't that just crazy? Well, you can't. Why not? Yeah, I, I think it's a school now or something. Oh, uh, we don't need at
1: schools. It? We need more empty warehouses. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, so this eventually closed down in 1996, and it was torn down. So, yes, you can't go there.
1: I can go to the site of it. It's right by Victoria Manalo Draves Park,
3: apparently. Oh, man. Just like how you can go to the site of William uh, McKinley's uh, Boyhood Home in Poland, Ohio, which is now a bank.
1: (laughs) Chris, this is kind of funny. It's in between... Cleveland Street, and Harrison Street. <laughs> Whoa.
3: That Cleveland, is kind of funny. Uh, t- Town Harris, Harrison, your son. Harrison's yeah. my son's name. Yeah, that's funny.
1: That's uh, right by the San Francisco County Jail. Also cool. Oh, cool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so in this, in Skeleton Productions, they had uh, 120, well, specifically for Nightmare Before Christmas, 120 workers and 120 sound stages in this area. So I'm mean, there's a lot going on. Um, Joe Ranth, you guys know that name, right? Oh,
2: yeah. The Leo pointing, uh, with the, 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 the beer and cigarette, Jeff. What, say that again? You know, the, the, the meme of Leo DiCaprio. Oh, and, gosh, uh, Once upon yes. time in Hollywood pointing, going, mm. <laughs> Yes, AJ. Thank yeah, you for, I was going,
1: I was for... going to get
3: a bit more, uh. Yeah, not
1: as... <laughs> yes, the Pixar guy was what I was going to say, but well, AJ, yeah, you go, it's ahead, like, cause you go ahead and describe visual and... means. <laughs> hey,
2: hey. Okay, touche, touche. Yeah. We yeah. all know who Joe Ramp is, that's my point. So yeah, joking, right. like,
3: Good mm, job. I know him. So it was, just, it was neat seeing his, his name, he was hired as a storyboard supervisor.
1: Because this was after, because he he did he was working on uh, Brave Little Toaster probably right before this, I imagine.
3: Yeah, yeah, this was before um, Lasseter kind of picked him up for Pixar. So right during that transition period, there, um, Eric layton hired as an animation supervisor uh, for production of this film. You know, stop motion animated film. Uh, I mean, you could never even guess the number of frames they did for. So there's 24 frames per second. So it's 109,440 uh, still frames for the film. I always like seeing those numbers. That's a lot um, of
1: camera clicks. Uh, I'm, it's crazy. I'm getting.
2: I'm getting out my calculator. Oh no! Oh divide, Let's see. Okay, so hang on. So we by got 109, 440 divided by twenty four, and then divide that by. S- how's math work. So four thousand five hundred sixty frame or seconds. So then you yes. got to divide that by sixty. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, seventy six minute runtime.
3: Hey, right there you go. Is that right? That's for, that, that, that sounds, sounds about right. Accurate. Actually, yeah. Does, does the math check
1: out? Yeah, maybe it doesn't count credits, but yeah, there
3: you go. <laughs> yeah, an hour and sixteen minute runtime. So there you go. Oh, perfect. That's exactly right. Then, Yeah. yeah. So for this, uh, for the film, they constructed these, these puppets that, you know, we'll call them. There are 227 total puppets constructed. Um, a dozen jacks were made, six sallies, eight oogie boogies, you know, so on and so forth. And it, it's neat if you see any kind of like behind the scenes uh, for this film, how it was done. But there's basically like these wireframe, like skeleton bodies that it created and there are these armatures that you could, you know, rotate all their, all their joints as you would, you know, a typical human, you know, whatever. And those bodies were made out of like a latex, um, like a skin latex mold. Um, the head faces were sculpted in, in like a molding clay. And then it was molded in rubber and cast in a polyurethane uh, plastic resin. So you could still move like ever so slightly, like some facial expressions, but, but, the cool thing is that for each puppet they had dozens and dozens of different like standard facial expressions that you would constantly move out you would take the head off and put it back on to this body and this was called replacement method
2: it wasn't even the head it was like it was almost like imagine their face is a mask that came off yeah well
3: especially the Sally one because they cuz the hair was always the same so yeah the Sally had a mask that you would take off i think Jack was was a head itself on his you know little neck there but yeah, it's cool. Like when you see the behind the scenes, it's neat just how they just pop them in and out, in and out. And they're all given like a label so they know, you know, what to use them, when to use it. <clears throat> so you can see this, well, you guys can see this picture yeah, here. A,
2: a great way to get a good look at, at some of these armatures and learn a little more about them is, is if you have Disney Plus, check out the show Prop Culture. They actually have an episode on Nightmare Before Christmas. The show rules. Danny Elfman That's has one so of his good. own and, and uh, he has he, a couple He has of a, a Santa show.
3: Jack and an original. Yeah. It's cool because he, he's getting all worried about you know it basically deteriorating because it's really yeah, just that, you know that, um, it's that just vinyl, yeah,
2: it yeah. It's not meant to last like you know these aren't
3: museum
1: pieces. They were meant to be filmed and then be done with. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a really neat show. Definitely check that out. Yeah, and they have like they have like the set piece for the uh, the mountain. Was what that what's that mount that hill called from the famous Spiral Hill? Spiral Hill, yeah, and all sorts of cool stuff to see. So. That whole show is fantastic. They have episodes on Tron, the Muppet movie. Uh, lots of reasons. Rabbit. The oh, Muppet movie was great. Yeah, that might be the best See, episode. It's what what was the
3: uh, the Studebaker? Isn't that, it's in the museum, not it's too far from us, right? It's in a museum. It's uh, like seven hours away from us. Yeah, yeah somewhere someday. in Indiana. So someday when, I'm when making the that road trip. When the world is back trip. to normal, we'll, yeah. we'll head there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so like I said before, uh, really Disney just kind of threw Burton's name, I, I mean, like, literally, on the title in the box and everything for the VHS and whatnot, <clears throat> and the poster, uh, just to get the recognition out there. But he, he entrusted Selick with the production of the film. Um, it took a, a, over a two year period. Burton was only able to visit. Five times, and he spent no more than eight or ten days. That's total, so incredible. I mean, which is, it's, yeah, I never realized it was that like minimal. Right. You know? it, yeah, he, he just kind of lit the spark, and that right. was about it.
1: And I feel like if you ask most people, like you know, like who directed that before Christmas, they would just say Tim Burton, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. But it, it has so much of his, especially with Beetlejuice, right? Like. So much of that style, those kind of Tim Burton-esque monsters, or a lot of things are snake-like. Everything's Stripes very and curls. And everything's stuff, very tall yeah. Yeah. and lean. There's those very, very, very Doctor Seuss, but like gothic. Yeah, it's you like gothic. Yeah, yeah. Like evil Doctor Seuss. There's everything. There's a lot of lines, and the lines are never straight. Everything's
3: kind of scribbly. Yep. Well, it's just cool part of the film too. The contrast of that when you're in like the holiday areas, how it's very like not excuse me, not straight like you're saying, but then when you get to you know earth where we are it's all very meticulous and right angles for everything and triangles so it's it's neat contrast to see that so um so the cast of the film um chris sarandon it's it's cool too because a lot of these guys you really don't know the names or even now you know in 2020 like chris sarandon i mean we know the names but he's the (laughs) the speaking voice uh for jack and this is really his biggest role he's had um, it's kind of cool. He, he's just you know, one of those guys anytime they need some dialogue for for Jack's going to him in the parks or Or a video game or you know, whatever's going on. He, he's glad to come in and do it
1: I always like that because it's always like the worst when it when you're in like the parks and you're playing like some video game And it's like, you know, they need to do some They need to have somebody doing the voice of some beloved Disney character who's still around like yeah It's like clearly not Tim Allen and it's, yeah, <laughs> it's always kind yeah. of distracting or like Wreck It Ralph, and it's it's clearly not John C. Riley. It yeah. always kind of sucks. So it's I always love like the people who are just like willing to come come in and do it for a whatever little thing.
3: Yeah, c- c- kind of nice with uh, with Woody and uh, Tom Hanks. He just has his brother do it. Right, and even so, like, that's pretty that good. Helps.
1: Not quite as good, but it's it's yeah, pretty sure. good. sure. I can't wait till I become famous and one of you guys uh, does my voice work for me. Yeah, of, eh. none of us sound like yeah. each other. Voice perfectly. none of us sound like each other. It's, it's funny.
3: It's funny when they bring in siblings to like finish work for certain people. You know when you know accident happens. Yeah, like with um, Paul like, Walker. Yeah, but when I imagine like between the three of us, everyone no, no one would believe it. No one would, <laughs> uh, yeah, it would wouldn't make no difference. <laughs> um, so Danny Elfman, uh, he not only you know wrote the, the the songs and did the score, he was the singing voice of Jack, and and he's there's so many great interviews of him out there just saying how well he connected with the character and how simple it was for him to to just do this role and he he wanted it so bad because he had this connection with jack that he just didn't want to let go so it, it it's real, like it's always made me wonder did did chris sarandon kind of change his voice to match danny singing or yeah, did they just naturally the sound here, yeah. pretty like similar to begin with because yeah, really, when you're young, you can never tell when you're younger until you you know, like look it up.
1: Right. It's one of those things when I know, I'm like, oh, yeah, those are. And I mean, this is something that especially, it's funny, these days, not so much, right? They always cast somebody who can sing also. But back in the day, like everybody had different singing voices. Like, you know, Aladdin yeah, yeah. had a different singing That's voice right, than the yeah. main person. And like that was just pretty common. All the famous people are singers now. Yeah. Everyone can sing. Except you, you for you. get the you. rock. And you're not going to get a singing voice for the rock.
3: <laughs> no. He's, he's going <laughs> to do it. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, she was the voice of Sally and one of the three um, trick or treaters. Shock
1: Christmas mainstay because of uh, she's Kevin's mom from Home Alone. That's right, that's right, and a Halloween oh. mainstay because
3: of Beetlejuice. Yeah, and that's you know they're working relationship. You know, we, we should say too, to Danny Elfman is um, he's Barrel, one of the other trick or treaters. Yes, that's right, he is Barrel. Ken Page, I, another guy that I, he, I mean, there's he's done a lot of work and he's still active today, but nothing that like really jumped out. Uh, but he's the voice of Oogie Boogie, and he's another guy that will, you know, when they need Oogie Boogie dialogue for the parks, he'll come in and do it. Call right, like
1: e- even the last few years or so, they have like that Oogie Boogie-themed like, entrance to California Adventure now, and I think there's like... Recordings of him just as you're like waiting to go inside that they play and stuff like that awesome. We've
3: always seen the decorations, but we never got to here It's it. always
1: coming down when we're there because we, yeah, we're, we're, we're there usually, the day after Halloween Yeah, we're usually there on like November 1st because we, I've been going to Disneyland a lot uh, around then because BlizzCon happens Which is this video game convention right next door at the Anaheim Convention Center So that's like when we're always there, which is great because and we'll talk about it later It's uh, you have uh, the holiday overlay of uh yeah, of mansion, mansion happening then
3: you think they keep that up for an extra day or two but they never do mm-hmm.
1: oh well
2: they gotta get that christmas stuff in man yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's immediate
1: it, that's the funny thing about that going cool, during yeah. there because like because sometimes we'll even go on halloween we'll come back like on november 1st and like halloween it's all all halloween and the very next day you start seeing like ribbons and some right. trees <laughs> up and like it is immediate
3: it's pretty cool uh ed avery he's the voice of santa claus and also the the narrator For the film, not for the soundtrack. The soundtrack, as you guys know, is um, Sir Patrick Stewart.
1: And And I I like that version better. Apparently, apparently at this point, people were distracted because it was Picard. And this is at the height of Next Generation.
3: Sure, yeah. Yeah, and it was like extended dialogue. And they just wanted to cut it down. So they had the guy doing Santa Claus. He was there. sounded wise and old. So why not? Um, I am glad
2: that we did get it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They realized it was too good to pass up, so yeah, <laughs> just put it on the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rubens, uh, Pee Wee himself, is the third uh, trick or treater. Lock, um, and you know there's there's a really cool. Um, uh, it was at the Hollywood Bowl or something like that, m- maybe two or three years ago, where these Danny Elfman, Catherine O'Hara, and Paul Rubens came on and they did um, the Sandy Claus song.
2: Kidnap <clears throat> the Santa Claus.
3: Yeah. It's really cool if you find it on YouTube. Oh, I we'll delete we'll that. it awesome. sometime. Oh, you never seen that, Mike? No, that's cool. Yeah, it's really neat. They kinda like play their characters a little bit. And then uh Frank Welker. I didn't I didn't realize this. You guys know that name?
1: Oh yeah, very oh, yeah. famous voice actor.
3: <laughs> yeah, Megatron, Soundwave, Voice of Scooby Doo, uh Fred from Scooby Doo since nineteen sixty nine. Uh but yeah, he's the he does zero uh the ghost dog
1: <laughs> they probably meant to do some
2: wolves right here, like crazy. <laughs> that's, no, that's the thing like if you don't know much about frank welker um you'd have to go back to find it but there's there's uh, maybe they're just talking about him actually i think about it but it, like his thing is like he just does weird sounds that like no other human can do um a lot of times if there's like an emotive animal in an animated film like a boo in aladdin that's frank welker
3: but he well, just yeah, like I saw too, he, he was nibbler in Futurama, which is that all that character is. Yeah, he Those could weird just alien make, noises. He
2: can just like open up weird sinuses and make these sounds that like no one else can do. So he just like always does, like like these weird like I said like emotive animals. So it's like call up Welker. Apparently this guy <laughs> like he has like a, something like 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 some record for like most film credits or something because he's just Jeez. in everything. That's like stuff that cool. you you know, would never know it's him and yeah. apparently he like the residuals this guy
3: makes he's, he does very well for himself <laughs> he, he okay gets him. dollar checks once a month from a thousand different places <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh man, yeah that was pretty cool, I didn't realize that was him um, so let's move on we got the cast, let's move on to the soundtrack here so as we said, this was composed by Danny Elfman uh, music early on um, fairly early on was decide, decided to be the main driving force behind the, the overall story uh, so Danny came up with more than 10, but 10, there are 10 songs used um, in the film itself as the core of the story and to progress the film, showcase the characters and all that. And this soundtrack, I think I drove everybody crazy when I was, you know, 16 to 20, maybe. <laughs> uh, like, in, in my car, I had one of those 10 disc changers, yeah. but I only ever had three CDs in there. It was this and both uh, discs of the wall. Yeah, they remember <laughs> that. They remember that. Just, just on repeat, constantly, yeah. you know, all the time. So, it, it, people, I gave rides to school and stuff. Yeah, they didn't. They were sick of this for sure. Um,
1: it's a great soundtrack because I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, you we have, can like, go through Patrick some of these Stewart songs if, the if you want.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, and, for sure. I mean, like, like this is Halloween. It's just, it's just such a great like way to set the tone. You know what to kind of expect. Yeah. Introduce all the characters that you're about to about to see it's just it's just fantastic
1: it has some of the coolest animation like i'm still impressed by that part where the witches are flying i'm like man yeah. how do they <laughs> convey that much motion through stop animation like that, that that's that's well I, so cool. and
3: i love too. like right like right away when the pumpkins come down the spikes and like the pumpkin guts are like splashing off of it you know it, it's we, just crazy stuff and we
1: see them like they, there are times where they use like 2d animation like oogie boogie on the moon and some of the bats and stuff in really smart ways that's that works super well yeah um another do you guys know what the other um
3: character that danny elfman did uh he's in the song here oh you you know? uh, he's the the, the, the uh, clown is he the with clown
1: the tearaway away face it? yeah oh, that's okay. right yeah i was right good job did you guess that aj did you just know? a guess just a, an educated guess wow, very nice very good makes sense and you have jack's lament which is one of the best i want songs and in, in film well, history. i'll take i'll take it over uh Part of your world any day.
3: Oh yeah. (laughs) I, I mean a song like this and just like the way he's expression expressing emotion, you just like immediately fall in love with the character. Just in this one song, you know, in a three minute time span. You got like the great almost kinda classic sounding Christmas song with what's this? I have this ornament um on my tree that we just got out yesterday. So that was fun, but it's Jack in front of like the sign, and it plays What's This? And it's one that my kids just constantly are hitting. It was to nice. the point, in one day, I already had to move
1: it up, because I couldn't take it <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I had to get it out of their reach. It's incredible. Yeah, even, like, the songs one. that are really just more, like, moving the plot forward, like, town meeting song. It's literally called town meeting song. Then you have Jack's Obsession. Still both really great. Like, I love both Jack- of Jack's Obsession is probably my favorite one. It's so good. It, it, Especially it's at the it's end it's... there when it kind of, like, it's it starts picking up and it kind of, it suddenly ends on, like, this evil, like, no. Yeah,
3: like, like you're it's quickly great. reminded, like, hey, you know, this is, you know, it's can be a scary story. These <laughs> are menacing characters. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, this is probably not a great idea. I <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs> Like,
3: Christmas lights are wrapped
1: around an electrical chair. <laughs> yeah, <breaking>. exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, <Oops>. oh my. <laughs> what are we doing here, Jack? Yeah, getting out the Sandy claws is fantastic. Uh, I'm making Christmas I love because it, it, it plays off the, the Dies Irae yeah, thing. Yeah, so
2: I was, I was going to bring it up. If you yeah. if you do listen to the soundtrack show, you'll learn all about Dies Irae, but basically it's this melody that was the literal uh, musical channel. personification of death in, in old hymns. And the the melody da, for it goes, na, 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 na. so just listen to that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there and it is. I mean, it's, it's the like, song. So blatant like, like he, I remember like like before that that podcast even got to its Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. He's like talking about this and explaining, it's like, "Wait a minute." that's just making christmas <laughs> oh my god that's so brilliant it's like, like
3: so literally
2: yeah exactly But he just takes it and makes it into this song about christmas and then
1: you know obviously he went into it and- it's fun learning about this melody because all sorts of movies use i think it's just the straight up like main theme for the shining and you watch lord of the rings this is like the black rider saying dun 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 right uh yeah yeah, and, and all, yeah you just start hearing it and all these kind of uh, random and funny, it's like yeah, the wilhelm yeah, scream of menacing. music yeah yeah, yeah. But, Right, it's just. But that's cool everywhere. because you understand, like, oh, this is, like, the musical expression of, like, death or darkness, so it is obviously kind of done <laughs> for fun here with Making Christmas, right? It's a song about Christmas with <laughs> Dies Irae as the backbone melody, <laughs> so it's pretty good. Then, uh, man, Ogie's Boogie yeah, so song, that's, that's got to be one of the all-time that's, great That's They're my songs. favorite, hands this down. Is, It's kind
3: of weird, too. Like, this is really the only song that's given, like, an actual, um, like, style, like a jazz style, you know? The other ones are just, like... Uh, like that ones like, almost
1: is... more kind of musical... The yeah, songs, exactly. uh, you could it's say really that a you know, what's like, has a bit of that Christmas vibe to it, but yeah. This is like, yeah, straight up like, like, like jazz kind of stuff going on here, oh, and, and uh, there's never a bad
3: time to, to not listen to this song, yeah. It's, it's so okay. and so again, good. the soundtrack
1: version is great because it's just a bit extended, it's got like uh-huh. this instrumental interlude in the middle, but oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And that it, Mr. Ken Page is just uh, he's he's going hard it's on fantastic. it, it's great, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, he's laying it all out there. <laughs>
3: Uh, yep. Then we get into Sally's song, which is, you know, probably the weakest of the bunch, but Boo, still really d- good. Disagree. Yeah. Sally no good on me Sally I love it. Oh, it's well, no, it's Sally's still song. great.
1: But of all the other ones, nah. it's probably my least favorite. I love this melody. It's, it's great. It's also incredibly short. It's only a minute forty-seven seconds. Yeah. It's just two it verses. A quick song. Yeah, I I just, just well,
3: some of my favorite characters are the the band, like the the fat bass the player with the band. head inside yeah. of it. So I love that. You know how much they're featured in this song. So that's always good. Uh, then you probably get to to. It's got to be the best song, right? Poor Jack.
1: Well, what's funny is that there's co- very there's completely different takes. Yeah. In this song in this CD yeah, and in the movie. Yeah. And I kind of like, CD like one's the CD one so much better. More,
3: I, I do too. Yeah. So that's like he, my thing. Danny Elfman yeah. hits certain notes a bit higher and a bit um like it's you a bit know, more dramatic more than the CD. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of neat to to listen to those um, side by side and kind of get a feel for that.
1: Yeah, yeah those are the, the ten song.
3: songs um, to really you know drive that story along, develop the characters, and I'll say they, they did a fine job. <laughs> fine job with those.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, to
3: this day, I mean like this is Halloween, it's pumped throughout the Disney parks and just the themes from those songs that they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There's no clunkers.
3: Nope. Nope, not at all.
1: And uh, nominated for the nineteen ninety three Golden Globe Best of Richard Score. Are you insinuating that it wasn't nominated for any Oscars? Yeah, it wasn't oh, nothing. God. That's insane. I, I think it's, what, what the was heck was like that? Their...
2: 1993.
1: Uh, is this the Forrest Gump year, or is that 94? No, that, no, that was 94. 94. Oh, yeah, this I is don't... the Philadelphia year, right? Didn't he win right before that, to Philadelphia? Uh, so I don't, I don't know what else. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, here, I'm, I'm on the Oscars. Maybe
3: it's just because you know, again, because it was a weird film at the time. They, I mean, it was okay. it
1: wasn't a giant hit, right? We'll talk
2: about that. No. But yeah. Well, let's it's... see, music original score, the winner was Aladdin. Oh, right. Yeah,
1: yes, well, that's, that's right. Hard. Okay. Yeah. Do I have to
2: look at the 94 Oscars? Hang yeah. On, I'm screwing this up. I think I, think you might... I need to go.
1: I oh, need to cause... look for the 94 Oscars to learn about the movies that came out in 93. Yeah, because oh, Aladdin true. came out in 92, right? I think so. I always get that. That's the one I can't remember. I always know, I know that Light came out in 94. Aladdin, I'm like, is it 92 or 93? Sometimes I forget, of course. Typing Aladdin, the Google gets well, it. Just, yeah, it Aladdin. Sounds was like
2: '92. The... Okay, so I need I need to type in 1994 Oscars. All right, let's see. No this man, is going
1: fantastically, AJ. I this, think this so. Is... I want to
3: hear it now. Uh, music original score,
2: Schindler's List by John Williams won. Uh, the other nominees were The Age of Innocence, The Firm, The Fugitive, and The Remains of the Day. Yeah, I think we Origi- could have
1: Somebody next Christmas it was, or Somebody,
3: somebody or... hummy one of the songs from those. <laughs> uh, let's
2: see. The original song winner was uh, the "Streets of Philadelphia" from Philadelphia. See, the Philadelphia. You're right. Yep, you were right. Yep, You're you right. Were right. Uh, Poetic Justice. Uh, the song again from Poetic Justice was nominated. Beethoven's Second. Wait, Beethoven's second? That's yeah, you like beat the, the, dog? the Dog? The Day I Fall in Love, music and lyric by Carol Bayer
1: <laughs> Wait, wait. We nominated a song from the second Beethoven movie, and but not come... from the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah,
3: that's got to be some song, right? See, yeah. Yeah, I, I would hear this song like I right now. I wanna hear this.
1: Yeah, this song better be pretty good.
2: <laughs> and let's see a wink and a smile from Sleepless in Seattle. Those were your. Oh what my what God. was the song called, AJ? Just so I can remember it again. Uh, or no, uh, the day I fall in love.
3: Uh, I'm listening to that later. You know
1: the classic love story of <laughs> Beethoven
3: second. <laughs> was there even a love story?
1: Yes, yeah, so all I, all I remember about Beethoven second was the poster because like it was like this time there's a girl Beethoven and they have puppies. It's oh, yeah. the movie. I think. Uh, so they could put puppies on a poster. It's basically the precursor to uh, to the uh, the, the Airbud pups, or whatever those are called. Airbud, yeah. <laughs> oh, Air so good. What are we doing, Santa? Pause. Like, a... like what,
2: what? I was gonna say, what one best animated film I was like? Oh yeah, they didn't do that.
1: <laughs> that was not a thing until mm. I think the first until... year it was what? It was sh- it was like it was Shrek, Monsters Shrek... Inc, and Jimmy Neutron were the first nominees. I think Shrek won. So
3: so, how would you? Man, it's so hard to say. But like, as far as like Disney, let's say this is a Disney animated film. Disney animated soundtracks. How would you kind of rank this? And like, like get, at least in the top five, top it's ten. It's a top for you five, guys? I think,
1: for sure. Yeah, so, top
3: three for me. Maybe top
1: three. It's so good. There's, yeah, good. it is up there. Yeah. It is a soundtrack Just the soundtrack Is so much fun To listen to on its own And I would all the time Especially back when I was cutting grass When I was younger And yeah. stuff We'd uh, we carry a little Portable CD players Yeah back when pockets. I just had a Walkman In my, like, my, bag, my baggy As all heck uh, Towards <laughs> That's what <laughs> uh, you needed man.
2: those pockets for your that's, when you, that's when you with, needed with A fanny, fanny pack protection.
1: That's right you should have had I A fanny like pack it. then My fanny packs Oh man I miss them I need a night before Christmas <laughs> fanny pack But yeah absolutely <laughs> I could listen to this thing uh, You know all the yeah, time
3: Yeah even now For sure yeah, so so the soundtrack obviously you know was a hit. Uh, how about the, you know the movie itself? Well, originally it's just kind of neat to see. You know, originally this was intended to be released as a, a Walt Disney uh, Studios production, uh, but again, the reoccurring theme with them is you know they felt just it was too dark, too scary. And they ended up releasing this under their Touchstone Pictures, which was exactly what that was created for. Which, I have to admit, for the longest time,
2: I didn't realize this was, like, technically Disney. Like, I didn't know about the whole Touchstone.
3: Yeah, right. When I was a kid, obviously. Yep. What was the first Touchstone? Was it Splash? Was that the first one? Touchstone Sounds right. But, um, so it premiered at the New York Film Festival on October 9th. Um, 1993 had a limited release October 13th, and theatrical release on October 29th. Now, do, do you guys remember seeing this in theaters? I I don't at all. I don't even know if we if I, we were taking seat or not.
1: No, I don't know. I I remember seeing Aladdin in theaters, which is one of the earlier movies I can remember seeing in theaters. Really, I'm sure yeah. I saw stuff before that. I, I I and I know I did see this uh, before. Like I really fell in love with it, and like. The early 2000s but
3: yeah I, I was trying to remember too like what made me like like my first time seeing it i, c- I can't remember it or like i've seen I it on tv or something like that who knows just got one of the year f- first dvds for
1: it or something no even before that because i know i i know i saw it in the 90s at some point so i'm sure we, we maybe had a vhs maybe it was on like wonderful world of disney at some point or something but i don't think we saw it in theaters that's, yeah, I don't now, think so either. Th- this I probably something... wouldn't have allowed it. I was such a coward back then. Yeah, I was true terrified. Too. In actual I mean, like, 1993, we... there's no way.
3: Yeah, we wouldn't. We didn't even do Haunted Mansion. We were so scared. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. <laughs> this we but did we see right. in theaters. Sp- uh,
2: Splash was uh, hey, touchdowns was first right. movie. Good job, Chris.
3: Very I proud. did it. Thank you. Thank you. This we did see in theaters um, back when it was like really unique to to do this, but Walt Disney or the film was reissued this time. As a Walt Disney Studios production, on October twentieth, two thousand six, for Disney Digital three D, and there was a theater in Cleveland that was showing this. Remember, and we oh, yeah. I saw it. I to had seen see it the
2: one outside of Pittsburgh. You guys went to Cleveland, but I was I was still in college. I, mean, were, I remember going with my girlfriend. This was this even pre Avatar. This was before.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was before like three D films were back.
1: But it, it was after. Really,
2: it was after Chicken Little, well, right?
1: Well, Disney, Disney had invested in 3D films oddly early, yeah, because they, they had things like Chicken Little. and that was uh, 2005, in, yeah. in, in 3D, and they, yes. they reissued this a few years. I don't think we saw it quite in 2006. We might have saw it in 2007 or 2008, because for a yeah. few years yeah, there, they it reissued, reissued it years. in 3D. And it was awesome, because we got to see it in the theater. Yeah. The 3D when, effect, did a- was, cool.
3: when did Avatar come out? Was that 2009?
1: Something like, something uh, thereabouts. Yeah, because
3: I was in grad school. Yeah, because I remember we saw this a few times, and, and even before, yeah, like, 3D films were everywhere, we kept seeing this because it was such a unique thing to do. We were just kind of blown away by it every yeah, year. Yeah,
1: then, it, then it 3D became a giant thing, and now it was passe.
3: Yeah, and they also, to like, kind of to celebrate this, they did that, um, the remaster for the, for the soundtrack, and they had some covers by, like, Marilyn Manson and Pinnock at the Disco oh, yeah. and stuff. I don't know if you guys remember those at all. Probably yeah, Oh Not as remember. good as Danny Elfman, though. It did have a lot of of his like original demos, which was really good. <clears throat> so yeah, this kind of you know, like we were saying, just kind—I don't know about lead, but it was definitely a big part, at least for us, of uh, 3D films kind of coming coming back. Yeah, it was like the, the precursor, and then Avatar obviously really drove yeah. that. Uh, its initial theatrical run earned fifty million dollars in the U.S. And uh, o- over the years, it's been like we said, re released three D releases. I mean, heck, it was re-released this year, I think. Um, you know, just to kind of get a film in um, theaters. Uh, so it's total, you know, domestic with all these re-releases worldwide is ninety one million, which you know doesn't seem like a lot, but they're really at this point making so much off a movie from nineteen ninety three just on merchandising, and yeah, just real money from the movies made. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's yeah, (laughs) what what was that? Um, that's
1: Spaceballs, Spaceballs, yeah, (laughs) yeah, Spaceballs the (laughs) flamethrower.
3: See, yeah, once, um, so you know, it had a good reception, uh, people enjoyed it, people liked it, not a whole lot of negativity out there for it, but it it gained a cult following once it was released on VHS in uh, September 30th, 1994 which, you know, really probably a lot of films like this would have done pretty well on VHS once it was out. Like, you know, how was are
1: going to see it at the time? Um, and I, th- I feel like a big part of it that I noticed, and maybe maybe this is just me, but seemed, again, in those early 2000s, like th- that DVD version was a big hit. And I feel like Hot Topic actually had something to do with it because like all of a sudden you went to any Hot Topic, half the store was Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. And like, like that, the whole golf thing suddenly became a bit more mainstream, and everybody just loved that aesthetic. I think it was a bit later because we were definitely
3: huge into into uh, Jack Skellington net for Christmas before there was much much merch out there, and it was like killing me because I wanted to get stuff and I just couldn't find anything. And now it's you know everywhere you turn, there's Jack Skellington. I mean, heck, there's people right. with. Ten foot tall Jack Skellington blow up decorations in their front yard.
1: Well, <laughs> there's yeah, but like again, early also in like early two thousands, you had Kingdom Hearts, right, which was this Disney crossover game by Square Enix that had like Disney worlds, like Aladdin. And, uh, you had the Beast from Beauty the Beast. You had Alice in Wonderland, Pinocchio, and Nightmare Before Christmas. And like yeah, at the time, that, that was a shocking inclu- conclusion, right? That was like Inclusion, a deep. Yeah. It was considered a deep cut. And I was like, well, of course you could do Nightmare Before Christmas, but, like, then it was crazy, and, yeah, it was just this kind of turning point. like, oh, yeah, this is a beloved Disney movie now, like, it's not, like, this weird, obscure cult thing.
2: Well, it does make me wonder, too, like, so, you know, it, it, it didn't make a ton of money at the box office, if they just embraced it as a Disney film. It makes you wonder if it would have... Uh, right, who knows? Yeah, to
1: get that full marketing push behind yeah.
2: it. Yeah, and, and just the name, you know? It's a Disney movie. Yep,
1: yeah. And, and now now it, it is, right? Like, it, yeah, yeah, it, it is. Right. Acknowledge it. it totally is, for sure,
3: yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, remember, I remember going to Disney World, and Magic Kingdom specifically, like 2006, 2005 maybe, where they, like, we heard about this little tiny like stand that was just nameable for before christmas merchandise and that like that alone like blew our minds that they had some merchandise there to get and that's where i got that like super tall jack Skellington statue and that's super tall the one but i still feel later. really
2: bad about breaking that by and the way that thing
3: i had that thing for like what 14 15 years it survived about six different moves to different apartments and in <laughs> a in a house it survived all that but it couldn't survive your a-
2: knocking
3: that thing over.
2: That was so I can't mad. say that on this podcast. Oh, AJ, sorry.
3: Get, you
1: can bleep that out. Get a good bleep there, ask. Get- yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can get a zero woof. It's <laughs> just a dog. I, just, get I
3: Frank remember you in there. You, you helped me. I mean, really, it was my fault because I just set it no, down it on like
2: in the middle of a room where we El were. To, okay, you
3: know what? It wasn't my fault. I was trying to be nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it, it, You were helping me carry a mattress up the steps, and we went to send it down or set it down, and when you bent over, you knocked it over. Knocked it over with your rear end.
1: It's okay. And he, that's he, what did it. AJ broke one of my Indians bobbleheads uh, last month too. He's just he's just Jeez. a klutz. Oh
3: man, edge guy. <laughs>
1: So how how did yeah. it do it raw so, tomatoes, Chris? So, <laughs> <laughs> so it still holds it holds ninety five percent still today. It's who, good. Are these, Look who are at these that. Who are these one in twenty people who don't like Nightmare Before Christmas? Let's Rick? get them. <laughs> let's go. Let's go Can't get them. Kidnap the bad let's critics. Em. Put them in a bed.
3: It is kind of cool, and, and and I wonder how <laughs> much of this is still like a push of Disney to like to like really get Jack Skellington to be like the face of Halloween. You know well, it, it, and it's way. funny
2: I don't think I don't think they they forced it I mean it really did yeah, it grow. Ne- they, yeah they certainly embraced it but it's not like Disney decided at some point like the late 90s like we need a Halloween mascot well, let's push this thing like yeah part it just part of it happened
1: is, part of it too is just how much more popular Halloween's been getting since we were kids like That's when we were true kids too, Halloween yeah. was just a thing for kids and now like you know everyone loves Halloween it's this giant money maker at every theme park. Uh, and we, you know, we've seen Jack's going to kind of become, like, um, the mascot for Halloween at these like, parks. Do you think it could ever
3: become, like, to the point of Santa, like, being synonymous with Christmas? Not, Jack maybe, probably not that
2: Halloween. big because it's so Yeah, you're not so going to, like, go to the mall and one sit one on company. Jack's lap at Halloween.
3: Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah so it's that's a, true. Right. Well, you're not going to go to Universal and Jack's going to be no. there. Well, it's funny. Santa will be in everywhere.
1: I mean, it's funny now because the same exact thing is now happening with Hocus Pocus, right? Like, this, this yeah, that was, like, pretty successful at the time and now... All of a sudden, is, like beloved and like man, mainstreamed. I, my and is my in wife the and parks.
3: I, we went to a drive in theater to see, um, I Harry think Potter, it was just like one of the Harry Potter films. And Hocus Pocus was playing, um, in one of the other screens. And I hadn't seen it, you know, 15 years, whatever. And I caught the first like 10 minutes, 10 minutes of it waiting to get concessions. And man, it is, it's crazy. Like the, a little girl dies.
1: And yeah, the kid. Kid. Yeah. It's kind of dark. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I bet there was more people to see Hocus Pocus than Harry Potter, even.
3: Oh, absolutely. There absolutely was. Mm-hmm. It, was it was crazy. Man, drive-ins. How good are those? Oh, those are great. That's one had thing a I chance discovered to go. this year. Uh, you're full fool. Yeah, now it's cold, and they're closed. I'd love again. to, but... Yep, so so yeah, Disney, like we said, they had this pretty pretty big change of heart of uh, <laughs> the film and the characters. Like we said, I mean, they're everywhere now. I mean, heck, he, Jack Skellington, this was super cool, and I got to see it live. Hosted the not so spooky spectacular at Magic Kingdom in 2019, and did you guys see that at all? Yeah, like it's that, like this awesome Marinette puppet they puppet use yeah, as the narrator. It is the and again they have the thing. guy
1: doing the voice. It's awesome.
3: I mean, even like even like you know videos of people who were there like up close, whatever. They're zoomed in on Jack. You can still barely make out the guy controlling the thing. It, it is just so neat how, how they did that. <clears throat> yeah, but it's really neat. I, I recommend you try and, and check that out for sure. But uh, I mean, in Oogie Boogie, he's been uh, he hosted another Disney. um, He does the California
1: Adventure stuff. Yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, which is awesome. Probably the biggest thing
3: is I mean they they did the overlay on Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. I love for uh, what is that? Is it end of October? It they starts. Started, I think, no, starts it, like it's like September, beginning of October. I think. Yeah. No, it's they, even sooner because it's yeah. so popular. Well, they take it takes like a month and a half to to convert yeah, th- it Yeah, I
2: think like in August the ride goes down. It opens in September and it runs
3: through January, which is weird to think because of that half of the year. Yeah, it's only the
2: original. And I tell you, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that Haunted Mansion is just such a beloved classic attraction. It's almost like just leave it. Like seriously, just just leave it there. It's so good. I mean, the cool thing is every year they plus it up a little bit more. Um There's always there's there's always a unique gingerbread house each year that they make for the attraction. So like, you know, it's so it's still the benefits to it being a thing. But yeah, it's the best overlay they do. Yeah, it is. It's it's
1: it's kind of the first big one. I mean, they they started doing this in two thousand one. Believe it or not, like really that seems way earlier than I would have thought even. But uh, yeah, like it's it's still the standard bear. No offense to the Jingle Cruise fans out there, but
3: <laughs> I mean that's like this is almost a whole
1: new attraction. You know, it like, is. Jingle Cruise yeah. is just like well, let's throw some decorations here yeah. and there. I do you like can change some dialogue. I like that living with the land uh, Christmas thing they do. But again, like a lot of them, yeah. It's like let's put some re sub right. Like this is like they put in a whole like there's yeah, a new narration. There's different animatronics.
3: Yeah, uh, new, new musical score which is phenomenal. Yeah, like the the set the stretching room song is just man, it gets you pumped up.
1: It really every does. time because well,
3: so, remember,
2: uh, like in the, in the earliest incarnations, just like a big kind of jack face up in the ceiling at the end of the stretching
3: yeah, room. But no, now it's, it's
1: like, like a digital projection thing that looks really cool. yeah. yeah it's, he's like it's, coming out of the roof. It really, it's so it's so cool. They that, never brought it to Disney World. That was one of those World.
3: things. No, yeah, they always had the excuse of you know people who come to Disney World, they're more. Like, that's their one trip they'll ever take there. You know, Disneyland, it's, you know, people go there right over so, and over. I
1: mean, you know, and you do have to keep, you have to close the ride for a couple of weeks every na- every time you put this in and then take it out. So yeah. it makes some sense. I'm just
3: happy you finally were going to BlizzCon because it gave me a reason to, you know, because I never would have gone during this time to, to Wait, see Right. The, yeah, you only did it for the overlay. first time a couple of years ago, huh? Well, yeah, it was the year they did the Sally animatronic was the, the first time I did it, which is really only, what, three or four years ago. Oh, really? If that... It's so good. So, yeah, th- that is good. You know, like you said, Jack's been all over the place with other Disney-related uh, things like, like Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and... Not in 3, but he was in a lot of, like, the other, you know, six A lot of Kingdom Hearts games are
1: just, like, games. retelling the events of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 anyways. Like, even just a month ago, he had the Kingdom Hearts music game, Memory of Melody, and uh, it has a lot of the Nightmare Before Christmas songs in there. It has its version of... Uh, this is Halloween and stuff like that, so... Yep.
3: And there was like there was like an, an official sequel, pseudo sequel, uh in video game style called The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge. You played this. I, I, I played did this. and I remember I remember going not realizing that this came out. It came out for, like original Xbox and PS2 and not realizing that it came out and it was like eight fifty PM. GameStop closed at nine. And I rushed there as fast as I could and I just made it and I got it and I played it all night. And and I loved it, and not really because the gameplay was great. But they had like they had unique songs and 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 uh, musical score and stuff, and it was fantastic. They had the original uh, voice actors. They came back, but what uh, specifically? What's cr- Chris, Jack and Oogie.
1: Yeah, but Chris Sarandon actually he well, did they, the he did the singing this time, right? And that that's what's yeah. cool.
3: So yeah, so Danny Elfman didn't do the singing, but Chris Sarandon he he did it and he sounds phenomenal. Like to the point where you really like he's either really emulating Danny Elfman or just kind of getting into the character or whatever. But yeah, he, he sounds great. And really, anytime they do have any kind of singing jack now, he, he does come in and do it. Uh, it's not Danny. I remember I, I, I
2: played that game. It was it was kind of like, it was weird. It, it, it was almost like, because uh, it was made by Capcom, who made the Devil May Cry games at the time. And it played very similarly to one of those games. Um, I remember thinking it was just kind of okay. Gameplay wise, but the first level had like that first boss fight against Oogie Boogie, mm-hmm. where the boss fight is a reprise of Oogie Boogie's song.
3: Yes, it's but phenomenal. they're like
2: fighting each other while they sing it. You're
1: controlling it like that. Yeah, was it has cool. like these rhythm game sections during that, too. Right. Well, yeah, th- that's what the bosses
3: are. Then. They're rhythm games. And it's like instead of on the Oogie Boogie Man, it's on the only Pumpkin King or something like that. <laughs> and it, it's Jack singing it. But yeah, it, it's pretty good to go and. To watch some youtube videos of those of those boss fights and listen to the songs they're pretty great but yeah so so that's really the that's the story of, of the film
1: itself i mean yeah, i'm not going to get into the plot of it everybody knows the plot well, yeah he, he, uh, i hope you've seen it yeah <laughs> he gets tired of halloween and tries to take over christmas to fulfill a missing hole in his life it turns out though that what he was really missing was love oh
3: love was all he needed <laughs> yeah love is all you need so Let's talk a little bit about
2: stop motion movies. Cause I can't no. imagine how just infuriating that process has to be. You gotta be <laughs> like, a certain this kind of person them. to get in there and just like do this all day, move this little thing, a fraction of an inch, take a picture fraction of an inch, take a picture. Don't yeah. bump the table. You know, could don't you, could sneeze. you
3: imagine being that guy that that does bump the table and you ruin oh, like God. three seconds of footage,
1: but it, it be, was like three months of day. work. It would, it would be AJ with his jacks going to destroying the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> hey Whoops he do and then he would the, explain why it wasn't his fault. What was the uh
3: what was the last uh, stop animation film that you guys, was it a film that you guys saw
1: was it the, the last oh uh, last one I saw was Cuba and the Two string Guitar I, I, I did not see that. that oh it's so good was Chris. that
3: Henry Selick
1: that's I is he did like a, right uh so it's like a studio which I I believe is is him it, I think okay. that's his company because I uh, I've seen Corpse Bride I've seen um they they did one after that they did uh it's it's like about. The missing link. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but I, I oh it's yeah, the missing link. I think
2: isn't it called the missing link? Yeah, I no. think it's called missing oh. link. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
1: But it, I think it's good too, or supposed to be good. But I mean, they, they do really good stuff. Uh, Box trolls uh, it was good. Cor- they did Caroline. Caroline is.
3: Coraline Car- is I was name. just gonna say Coraline. probably of other than it's, Nightmare Before Christmas, that's probably my favorite.
1: Cor- Coraline's the one that's closest in that style too, right? Like it has it's still kind of even though Tim Burton's not involved at all, and he was in Corpse Ride, but. Uh, and I was going to say Corpse Bride oh, probably closer. Right. But of the Leica ones, I mean, because I don't think yeah. Leica did Corpse Bride. But, yeah, of the ones, Coraline has the most Tim Burton energy, I suppose you can say.
3: Yep, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I need to see that. Corpse Bride, I think you and I saw that, AJ. And I remember immediately getting the soundtrack and, and loving it. Yeah, I. I remember. That. the
2: uh, Two of the songs from the Corpse Bride are two of the first songs I ever had on iTunes, Because that's when Pepsi did that thing where you got codes in the bottle caps to get a free iTunes song, and I had two of them. It was like after like theater rehearsal, like like me and a buddy bought a Pepsi, and I had these two bottle caps. It's like, oh, I like those two songs
3: from Corpse Bride. Look at those. (laughs) They are really good. Like with them on the piano, fidgeting Uh at the piano, it's fantastic. Yeah. What What do you guys think about James and the Giant Peach? Weird movie. It's okay. Yeah. It's not something I'd go back and like watch periodically. Like maybe once every ten, 10 years kind of thing, just to be curious. <laughs> it's,
1: I don't like it. I'll say it. <laughs> I'm not a Titanic fan. <laughs> See, I can't do that. I would. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, but like, well. the, there's that probably the best thing is the song,
3: the one song that's in it, um, like about family. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, man, that's a good song. Know. Yeah,
1: but then my, the my name's that my name is James song I find it a bit My brainy. <laughs> name is
2: James. Yeah, no, thank
1: you. I feel, yeah, that's that, but like two octaves I higher. It's more like it. my name is James. <laughs> It's like sung by Pinky <laughs> from Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> <laughs> With a cameo from
3: Jack Skellington. It's true. That's right. As he does cat, appear Captain Captain very Jack. briefly. Yeah,
1: literally, yeah. Ugh, man. So, hey, well, you, so know, what do you guys you, think? You, know, uh, oh, you
2: guys know what, what's, what's the one shot that wasn't actually stop
3: motion? Well, it's the spoon. In, in which, wait, in which film? Nightmare Before Christmas? Night, Nightmare, yeah. Yeah, okay. the spoon. Yep. That's Cheaters. It, that's liquid.
2: Inauthentic. Banish it.
3: They wouldn't
1: do that now. They would do stop motion liquid nowadays. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple other things that involve water, like uh, there's there's smoke coming out of the fountain when she puts in that fog juice. I think that's actually live action too. Definitely. Yeah, but it's like a
3: plate shot that's like overlaid on top uh, okay. or something. Pretty cool too that um, um, zero is done with the Pepper's Ghost effect. Uh huh. So like like trying to coordinate that with you know actual props and you know the puppets, on nice. set it's pretty neat. Pretty yeah, nice. especially yeah. when he like hands things to Jack, you know? Yeah. Oh, See, yeah.
2: Just... think of how that has to work. Jeez. That's yeah. oh, just like, a
1: one crazy frame. frame you, put it, you put it over there. Like, I don't know. But it can't be Pepper
2: <laughs> Ghosty. It has to still be corporeal. So it has to like, that's to, like on a float wire, it in I guess, space. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, man. Pretty crazy. They're smarter men than women than us. <laughs> More
2: patient men and women than us. Yeah. us that's for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'd, I'd be there for 10 minutes like, oh, the heck with this can a computer I, do this i'm done it's over it's it was, was it good like uh... science centers and they have like little stop motion animation yeah section I, where it's like here's some legos and, a, and pipe <laughs> cleaners and a camera make I your think film to
3: uh ben wyatt from parks and Rec when he does he does that his life's work mike well what was the name of that film oh. we did? It was like three seconds of him getting yeah, out of bed. Yeah,
1: it's that, plan uh, in the place that I work, whatever. He's so, like, I I thought that was really impressive. I compared it to Avatar. Avatar? It was called Requiem for a Tuesday or something? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, I like that show. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, hey guys, so sh- it, it, sh- sh- shifting over to the parks, have you, any of you guys gotten to meet the Jack and Sally face? Yes, characters cr- at the Krista
3: park? and I, Krista and I met the the Sandy Claus Jack, Ooh. and it it was we were there, um, the trip that I proposed to her actually, when we were in Disneyland in Vegas. But she, she she's always like kind of shy, doesn't want to meet the characters or anything. And I'm up there like talking to Jack, and he's like trying to coax her to come on. It, it, it was it was hilarious. He was so good. At being Jack Skellington, and it's it's something I'll never forget.
2: It's honestly, it's 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 between the 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 costume and makeup effect they do to make it look like a skull talking to you, and just mm-hmm. every video I've seen, the guys performing and, and Jack are really really. Good oh yeah, they got the laugh and well, the, and everything.
3: And and that that same night, because this was um, oh no, th- this was a different trip. Then we were at the Halloween party. And nobody was there to see Jack. And he was just kind of roaming around. And this was in the, the Dumbo Circus area. And he was just in that gift shop there. I forget what it's called. Like that, that main oh, gift Pete's shop. Oh, uh, Pete's Sideshow or whatever. Yeah. And he was just like commenting on everything in there. Just to, like anybody. Wa- it reminded me of like the old days of Disney. Like the characters just walking around. Or that time it, we saw the Grinch. It was really neat. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Say that, that again? Grinch. Saw the Grinch?
3: Yeah, remember we saw the
2: Grinch well, at, at Universal. <laughs> like that? Oh well, yeah.
3: I know. It took me a second. <laughs> yeah so good those are good uh them and the, they always have good parade floats at halloween time yeah they, and they i mean there's a dedicated store now in new orleans
2: square the baton rouge like, yeah yep it's, again it's just showing how far it's come where it's yeah, just impossible
3: like, to get something so now it's yeah, everywhere everywhere you go so, so what let, do you guys let, think? let's
2: let's have this debate let's settle it once and for all is this a <laughs> halloween movie or a christmas movie it's both it's
1: easy debate it's both Cop out um, answer, Mike. not true. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's. I think the very best day to watch it is November first because that's kind of when the film starts. Is right after Halloween, right? So you watch I, it. November I, I, I believe 1st. Disney say, would like you to say it's both. So you're engaged with the yeah. movie from well, that's, October why, that's to what's January. great about it. Right? Like, like most Christmas movies, like you really kind of don't want to watch them until at least middle uh, November. And here's one you can start watching, like, October 1st, really, see, uh, and feel pretty good.
3: I'll say it's, if, it's, it feels all right to watch, like, Christmas stuff during Halloween, Halloween, like, especially in this movie. But watching Halloween stuff, like, closer to the end of December in this film is a little... not eh, I guess it's, like, a little jarring. Okay. So I tend to lean more towards this is a Halloween movie.
2: Yeah, see, I, I go more... If I had to pick one, I'd say Christmas. Because, like Mike said, I mean, the movie starts... The day after Halloween, so it's it's really True. taking place in the Christmas
3: season. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like November is the time to watch it, early in November. It's both. It's both. <laughs> so yes, we love this movie. I I loved loved this movie for for a good decade. I mean, still love it. But
1: like, there's a point where we were watching time. it like like five like yeah. five times every ho- Halloween. Yeah, Chris, you or, had
2: the dress up outfit.
1: <laughs> well, we we would do and stupid that like stupid yeah
3: backyard movies. I had the mask. That's <laughs> pretty good. The... <laughs> the gloves oh, I forgot about the gloves. Those, love, Those like rubber skeleton hands. You. Got. Oh, they got so gross on the inside. Oh god, they were awesome. sweaty, Disgusting. moldy. Oh, god. <laughs> <is> the worst. <laughs> what the Yeah, I wonder if we... Dave, our one friend Dave, who we did some films with back you in the day, see. has any footage of that. <laughs>
1: Ugh. Oh, I did. There was a Disney Infinity figure of Jack, wasn't there? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he
2: was in Your Disney favorite. Infinity. That's that's a good figure. Hang on, it's in the bag next to my desk. Can I, find- once, I mean, again, like-
1: <laughs> once again, AJ, we are an audio podcast. You don't need to go <laughs> get it. I'm just curious I mean, to like, see it, Mike, for myself. <laughs> we can see it after the show. Go describe yeah. another meme. <laughs> describe it.
3: There's all been right. there's a couple like you know games on on app. I, well, iPhones sure, and Android and
1: jacks on there. Right, I mean, he's yeah. he's on all. those. He's
3: part of the ensemble. If they, yeah, uh, he's in all anything. of those
1: things. You play yeah. those. What are, what's the one called? You I like play gotcha the one games. Disney Heroes. It's just like you know, ten
3: minutes. You know, while I'm. It's doing one. Whatever. It's one of
1: those gotcha RPGs on the phone that <laughs> hasn't called... got me yet. No, <laughs> hasn't got you except, yet. Except <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any anything else anyone wants to say? Are we ready to start? I, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, we got to start getting merry here. Mary Gotta make Nine Mary for Christmas. That's right. Can we do a home alone episode now that Disney owns Fox in here? I forget. Oh. Ne- next next year, Mike, right that's all you. Maybe. we we'll although we've done two movies now. Maybe next year we'll have to do something. Maybe we'll just do a whole episode about that incredible VHS special that they made. That there I you go. Oh, that there be you good. go. With Mickey thing. doing the check
3: marks on the checklist. That one uh, Oh, oh those are such good check marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to always think that. Like, man, I, I want to do check marks like that.
2: In yeah. the Mickey outfit, no less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the giant yeah. markers make
1: these perfect, beautiful check marks. Scrooge is there. You get to go to a bunch of the resorts. Oh, it's good stuff. They talk about that live nativity scene they used to do that they wouldn't dream of doing now. <laughs> 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 they were really proud of that back then. Now they're like, religion in Disney parks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they still do the candlelight processionals.
1: That, yeah, that yeah, that is surprisingly still pretty religious, huh? But there's, nope. I think even, I think even for the non-Catholics, there's something comforting about the Christmas story being told by a celebrity. Oh, sure. What, right? <laughs> You
2: want to hear Neil Patrick Harris uh, tell you all that good yeah. stuff? Man, who's next? I, uh, I, I,
1: what, what did we do last month?
2: Was that me or AJ? It was my, it's my oh, it's turn. My oh God, trumpet. I didn't even think of this. I put That's I right. put zero thought into this. I forgot I am next.
1: Yeah, you, I kind of forgot. Got time to, you know, we, to think about it. Yeah, probably something parks related. So I, I guess we could just not announce it now, and we'll figure it what, out. What about a half
3: episode? We do in a half. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Maybe if I have we some could... ideas for has. We'll discuss
1: them. We yeah. We, we have options. <laughs> There's plenty of things to do.
3: But yeah, so yeah,
2: we'll uh, we'll have to kick off 2021 in style. I'll I'll find a good park. St- it's time
3: for a park store. Yeah. yeah, you haven't really done any park stuff. Have you no,
2: I, you're right. I don't think I've done any parks episodes.
1: I've done all movies and stuff.
2: no, I did Blizzard mm. Beach. Yeah, Blizzard Beach, oh, which
1: was can... great. So we'll figure something out, uh, something that'll be fun. But speaking of half I,
2: episodes, I uh, say we'd uh, like to
1: thank our yeah, our guests. yeah. A
2: couple weeks ago, I had Josh Gillespie. He's the guy who runs the uh, Muppet History Twitter account. Uh, he and I just had kind of a conversation about, you know, how he got into the Muppets and how he started this account that took off, and kind of talked about Muppets for an hour. So if you like Muppets, uh, you know, you should definitely check that out. In addition to last month's episode on Muppet Vision 3D. Uh, go to 90sDisney.com, that's where you'll find all of our old episodes, uh, and find future episodes, and how to subscribe to the show in the podcast app of your choice, because there are many of them. Too many. <laughs> so yeah, so, again, it's, hey, it's Christmas, we can say Merry Christmas, yeah. it's December, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. really kind of crept up on all of stuff. us, it feels like, but uh, hopefully you're all staying safe. Uh, I hope you're all being real dangerous.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Be oh, more dangerous. That's an yeah. idea, Mike. Man, like dark. Oh, dark wing. That's duck. an idea. Is, Is that time? Leaning I don't know. Is No, it time? no,
1: it's parks time. Parks time. Not yet, okay, AJ. it's parks time. It Calm yourself.
3: Time. Settle. <laughs> Down, boy. Patience, Iago. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's
2: a,
1: man, there's a delivery. Patience, Iago. Right.
3: <laughs> talk about anyway. top 10 line
1: deliveries in a Disney animated film. It's Jeff Farsing. R- <laughs> Patience, Iago. I don't know why. Gets me every time.
2: Right. <laughs> Second is Jafar. I'm stuck. <laughs> That's good.
1: That's
2: good. <laughs> anyway, check us out on the socials. Email us ninety yep. uh, Disney podcasts at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. What I don't know, you got an idea for a parks topic? Uh, actually, listen. If you suggest it, we'll, we'll we'll consider it. I've got I've got people convinced me we need to do a Zorro episode about the '90s colorization of the old TV.
1: Series. I mean, I feel like oh, we'll probably geez. do an episode about the one that actually came out in the '90s, and maybe yeah, we can that, that talk a like, little was, bit was, about the colorization like. of the that old. That wasn't one. a Disney movie, though. It wasn't. No. Oh, that's too bad. That's I know that's movie. why
2: I can tangentially talk about. It. That's why I need the colorization as a bridge <laughs> there you to go. get into *Mask of Zorro*, one of my top ten films of all time. How did Disney so bizarre, uh,
1: I, was *Zorro* always a public domain thing, or what? What happened there? How did you Disney? Know what? I, don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll we find out one out. day, Mike. I don't know. Yeah, we have to figure this out. <laughs> anyway,
2: thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, we'll get out of the way here and let yeah. you go get to your holiday, and uh, you know, tell, t- tell us on Twitter. What is your favorite Disney holiday movie to watch at the Christmas times? That's counting not the one, Fox well, stuff you. they
1: own now, counting Die Hard and Home Alone.
2: Yeah, whatever you
1: want, you know. Yeah, with if, with the Die movie quote. Christmas movie, there's a debate for the ages. Uh, i I used to be very mad and be like, "No, it's not," and now I'm just so tired of that debate. I'm like, whatever. <laughs>
3: yes,
2: it is. So yeah, that's sure. it. Everybody, everybody, go on Twitter and tell me your favorite Disney holiday movie and why, and we will share and respond, and it'll it'll be great.
3: All and uh, right. we'll yeah, see you we all next time right here on 90s disney take care everyone yep bye i'm gonna go listen to the day i fall in love from Beethoven's <laughs> second Beethoven goodbye
0: second. <laughs> and finally everything worked out just fine christmas was saved though there wasn't much time but after that night things were never the same each holiday now knew the other one's name And though that one Christmas things got out of hand, I'm still rather fond of that skeleton man. So, many years later, I thought I'd drop in. And there was old Jack still looking quite thin, with four or five skeleton children at hand playing strange little tunes in their xylophone band. And I asked old Jack, Do you remember the night when the sky was so dark and the moon shone so bright? When a million small children pretending to sleep nearly didn't have Christmas at all, so to speak? And would, if you could, turn that mighty clock back to that long, fateful night? Now, think carefully, Jack. Would you do the whole thing all over again, knowing what you know now? knowing what you knew then. And he smiled like the old Pumpkin King that I knew, then turned and asked softly of me. Wouldn't you?